Well, welcome into Money Masters, folks. I'm Coach Pete with the International Association of Registered Financial Consultants. I have the most excellent guest today. He's from the Raleigh, North Carolina area. His name is Mr. Frank Maselli. Frank, tell everybody about yourself. Not much to tell. I mean, in the business a long time, 36 years, wow. uh, advisor, manager, and uh, now I coach advisors and uh, uh, wrote a few books and just mostly help advisors succeed in a very challenging and demanding profession, as you well know, oh, yeah. obviously. So. Thomas is my producer in here. Thomas, Frank is being very modest right now. Everybody knows Frank. Frank is the most one of the most entertaining guys I've ever seen speak in front of the group. And so that's not easy to do, Frank. No, well, you know, it's it's just a lot of fun for me. It really yeah. is. It's something I've been doing my whole life. I was an army officer before coming into the business and I had to give briefings all the time, so I kind of learned how to how to give an an interesting and fact-based <laughs> presentation but but make it alive, you know. So it was a lot of fun. So I do that a lot. Thanks for your service. Thank you. My I pleasure. Know I didn't know you were army. Yeah, uh, okay. five years in the Army at Fort Meade. Had some very interesting uh, experiences. <laughs> now, Fort, is that Kentucky? Which Fort, Fort Meade is in Maryland. Maryland. It's, uh, yeah, very. So, shows how much I know. Fort Knox is Kentucky. Fort Knox. That's where the gold is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our focus will be on ways to help you as advisors achieve the ultimate success in your business by learning from some of the industry's greats. And uh, we're starting with a real good one here with sure. Frank. Now, Frank, tell us about just ways that, you know, I talk to advisors every day and the common complaint is, Coach Pete, I don't have enough people to see. I mean, oh, yeah. you've heard that all the time, right? Yeah. So so what what's one of the, we know, I know one of the solutions, but what's one of the solutions that you can offer them? Well, I mean, there's there's many ways to grow. And, and you know, I think a lot of times advisors get stuck in old school mentality. And, and we used to learn this and you learn these techniques, you know, no pain, no gain. Uh, Got to get a lot of no's to get one yes. And <laughs> I, I, I bought into that as a young advisor. And then it dawned on me after a long time that you can't do stuff that you hate to do. Yeah. Because you're never going to stick with it. Correct. So w- what I teach is a method called passion prospecting. I, I like to help advisors find the thing that they love or the things that they love. It doesn't have to be one thing. It can be can be more than one. It can't be ten. You know, you can't do 10 things, but you can do two or three. You can try. Well, you can try. It's crazy. It won't work. So, you, you know, is it is it seminars? Is it getting up in front of people and educating? Is it – it's probably not cold calling that those days are gone, thank goodness. If but, you love to cold call, I'm hiring. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, my God. Cold calling is a, is a rare art form. Yes, sir. Days. But, I mean, there are many – you know, referrals is a great way. I wrote a book on referrals. I love referrals. I think I think they are the most – I think referrals is the biggest single skill gap in our profession. Everybody loves them. Nobody knows how to ask for them intelligently. So that's something I focus well, on. Well, let's talk about that. So yeah. uh, now we have been lucky enough. We've been in this area for almost 28 years now. Wow. We get referrals without even asking a lot of sure. times because we are we have radio shows and people hear us. And they and when they people brag, right? So they sure. go to cocktail parties. Well, who's your, who's your advisor? Well, mine's on the radio. Sure. Well, mine's on TV. Mine, mine does this. Mine's that. But how does just somebody starting out in the business, because we're always told <laughs> right out of college, I interviewed with a company, a major insurance company, and they were promising me a job. It was three interviews. On the third interview I went in, it was all the VPs and everything for the local area managers and all that. <laughs> and they got me all excited, right? It was going to be a salary, too. So I was excited right out of college. That's wow, what you want, salary yeah. plus commission. Yeah. But then, Frank, they pulled out a yellow pad and a pen, and they said, well, we're going to go. Uh, we have another meeting for about 30 minutes. The next 30 minutes, we want you to write down everybody you know, everybody in your family, because oh these God. are going to be your first prospects. Oh, my God. Guess what I did when they walked out? You left. I walked out the other door. Yeah. Yeah. So now that's that's BS, yeah. referral ways. Now, tell us some good way. 
Well, the first thing is to identify the small group. And I say small group. I think the average advisor does not want referrals from every client. I think Correct. you want referrals from 15 clients. But, but these are the people who are the movers and the shakers. They are the influencers in your book. And you would never go to those people comfortably and say, I need your help to grow. Who else do you know? Yeah. You know, I get paid two ways. But that's the way that this is right. all the traditional ways. That, right. And they're still <laughs> teaching those. So what, what, first thing we say is do some intelligence on your client. Learn who is in the client's world. Don't go to a top client and say, who else do you know? Go to them and say, I know you know, and I know how you know, and I know how well you know. I would like to meet that person, okay? And, and there's a process to this. There's the, literally, the, we call it the 10 steps to networking with top clients. So um, number one is intelligence. Number two is only focus on the clients you love because referrals are based on love. You've got to really believe that you're there to save people's lives, not to sell them stuff. And that's, that's the single biggest thing I teach right now is let's get out of the selling business. We're yeah. not here to sell stuff. We're here to save families' lives. And, and that's such a bigger mission than, than pitching product. Yeah. You know? and, and once you truly believe that you're a lifesaver, the whole conversation changes. The whole mind state in your head and in the prospect or the client's head changes. So we teach that. We teach other ways, you know, in terms of um, uh, networking, learning who's in the client's world, target marketing, and then specific strategies for communicating your referral value. How do you bring up the subject of referrals? How do you bring it up with a new client? Yeah. Which is particularly interesting because in a new, new client, you haven't earned anything yet. They don't know you. They're still, they're still kicking the tires, exactly. but they're giving you a chance. Exactly. Right? So can you bring up referrals? The answer is you can, but you've got to do it the right way. And then we, we teach advisors how to create a referral guide, which, which um, gives the client a, a rationalization and a physical reality for how you handle the name when they give it to you. It takes the fear of referrals away. Have you ever thought about making a guide and giving it to your clients? We're having them giving the client, here's who we like, please help. Or not, oh, please absolutely, help us, yeah. We can help people just like you because birds of a feather. I mean, they hang around with people that if you like them, you're probably going to like their friends. Yeah, we, we in the referral guide that the that the advisor creates, there's right. an ideal client profile, which explains who they're looking for and why. And they give why. this to their actual clients. Absolutely. That's good. Yeah, it's a yeah. fantastic tool. So uh, it's a process, but it works really well. And it's, and it's really only, it's not for every client. This is the most important thing. There are some clients that love you right? and they're bird dogs and they will bring you friends. Yep. And like in your case, you've established credibility. You've established a reputation. Now you're, you know, your wisdom in the marketplace. So people will come to you. But there's certain people we don't want to hear from either, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, That's but true. you know what I'm saying? There's, there's A, B, and C clients. Well, right? you're we selective. You yeah, can be you very be. selective. You have to um, be. The average advisor isn't at that stage yet. So right. We, we help them uh, just reach into their best clients and centers of influence. That's the other thing, too. Centers of influence, like accountants and attorneys, have tremendous fear of referrals. Yep. There's no upside. There's only downside for them. Because if you screw something up, they don't just lose a friend. They lose a client. Yeah. And so you've got to make those fears go away, and that's what the whole process is designed to do. But we need to make it a two-way street with with uh, CPAs and attorneys because we refer a lot out, and yeah. we get a very few back. And yeah. that's, uh, they need to understand the importance of the two-way street. Yeah, it, it, it is difficult. The average CPA, and frankly, CPAs are not even the best source anymore. In many cases, they're competition for us because yeah. their business is going away too. And well, so, they figure out how much we're making. <laughs> they get, all of a sudden, you, you, you're reading the paper somewhere about your CPA now does this. It's what you yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, In addition, right? That's so well, true. I tell my guys, as far as referrals, we go from yes or no, N-O, to yes or K-N-O-W. Who do you know? Uh. Instead of 
do you know anyone? No, who no. do you know? Right. And now they have to answer you with the. Uh, well, my daughter's 14 now, and she's still like this. But when I ask her questions that night about how school was, I get one one or two-word answers. Right. So I, I rephrase the questions where she has to tell me stuff. There you go. <laughs> Open-ended. I like that. You have that. to do it, Frank, because yeah. if not, you, you get answers like a 14-year-old, and you don't need those. No. You, you can't stay in business with 14-year-old answers. And and clients will always default to no. Yeah, of course. Uh, so you've well, got to help Going them. back from when we used to go to – I don't go to stores anymore, like shopping for clothes. I do all my shopping online. But <laughs> when you used to go into a store, someone would come up to you, and they say, can I help you? And say, just browsing. Just browsing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get them away from just browsing, and then we need to get them to ask us buying questions. Sure. Right? And sure. so it's it's important, though, to, to look at the referral market. There's a lot of money out there. But let's go back to how do we get the first person to talk to to get referrals from. Well, that's prospecting. Yep. Yeah, that's where you've got to reach out and tell your story in an intelligent way and differentiate yourself in the marketplace. And I, I think I, personally, and, and I think this is true for a lot of advisors, we, we have seen something shift in the mind of clients. Okay, we've seen a big change in the marketplace. There's a gigantic need right now for education and no more selling. Okay, so I think I think uh, educational events are a home run right now if you can do them. And what, the interesting thing is we're seeing three generations coming to educational events. We're seeing aging boomers, which we're all very comfortable with. I mean, that's our sweet spot, obviously. Right. We're seeing the Gen Xers who are making good money but don't know what to do. And then we're seeing the next generation, the millennials, who are now turning 40, which is an interesting reality. You know, the millennial generation is bigger than the boomers. Wow. And, and they are now reaching peak earning and peak investing phase, and they're coming for advice and guidance. So we've got a massive growth wave entering our profession, which is going to be incredible over the next 20 years. They're getting a peak inheritance age, too, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, a lot of money's going to change hands, Frank. A lot will yeah. change hands, but it, it's fascinating because what the millennials are going to see and what the Xers are going to see is 70 million boomers run out of money. Wow. And it's going to scare the the, the, I was going to say scare pants the crap off. out of you, the, pa- <laughs> the pants off them. And, uh, and you know, so they're going to be great investors. Yeah. They're going to be great savers. And so we've got a massive slug of people that are responding to education. And I think advisors who do these educational workshops are going to have a lot of fun. Now, advisors have to use caution when they're doing educational workshops because once they, if, if they make a mistake and get into the selling during an educational event, yeah. they will ruin their credibility. Yeah, the selling yeah. takes place without selling. Yeah. You, can't, you cannot pitch product. Right. The selling is about you. Yep. There's only one product. You know this. There's yep. only one product you have to sell. It's yourself. And you do that by helping, by educating, by giving value and wisdom, and, and by being an expert yep. le- legitimately. So people will respond to that. Don't get in front of them. Tell them what an expert you are. Prove it to them. Let, them. let them come up with their own mind if you're an expert or not, right? Exactly. So, That's beautiful. You know, what I love is I used to do the educational workshops at NC State University oh, right yeah, there. Nice. And uh, I would let them come up afterwards and say, well, how do we get, I wouldn't say anything about, I wouldn't tease them with any appointments or anything. I'd make them say, well, how do we get more information? Yeah. Well, here's one of my books. Now, that's another thing. Oh. Advisors who are serious about this business need to have something about them that can do the selling for them when they're not even around. Absolutely. What do, what do you feel about writing books? Love books. Yep. Wrote three. Yep. Self-published, all of them. They were fantastic. Easy. To, I, I, I want to say easy to do because you're writing what you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I think an advisor who writes a book immediately steps above the competition. Yep. Do you, I mean, do you help them do that? Is that something that you guys, we, we take them step by step. We won't write it for them. No, no. There's some ghost, but by the way, folks, you don't want to write somebody else to write the book for you. You want to write it yourself. Yes. If you have a ghost writer, they're going to write stuff in that book that you might not believe in. The old story of Dennis Rodman back in the day, he was a basketball player, a crazy <laughs> guy played for the Detroit sure. Pistons and all that and the Chicago Bulls. 
but he had autobiography come out one year. And then he went on live TV and somebody asked him a question in the book of his, of his autobiography, which means he wrote it. And right. he said he was misquoted. <laughs> <laughs> By so then, then it ruined all his credibility, right? Yeah, so Because yeah. I remember this. This was probably 30 years ago, and I still remember that. So you have to be very careful yeah. about what's in your book. But writing a book is important, and it doesn't have to be a giant book. No. I've seen 50, 60, 70-page books. It just creates credibility and expertise. It does. It's fantastic. And yeah. you want to make sure that it is <laughs> – my very first book I wrote back in the early 2000s, I didn't really – I had my wife look over it, but I didn't have anybody edit it. And I had a couple uh. of uh, – just a couple grammar mistakes in there. And I gave the book out at one of my events, and it was to a lady who taught English in her past, oh right? Oh, my gosh. All and right. so she basically sent it back with a couple red marks on it and said, <laughs> uh, I can't do business with a guy – who doesn't take enough time to make sure his book is right, what are you going to do for my financial world? So that oh. was, so you got to be very careful, Frank. That was an unknown variable. I learned my lesson ahead of time. I've never done it again. I always have them edited now. So That's smart. learn from your mistakes. Yeah, right? I, I really, I'm, I, you know, I've got two books in fourth edition now and I have not proofed them well enough. I just, I found a massive typo in one of my books the other day. I'm like, oh my God, I missed this completely. But you know, a lot of people won't read it, but it's still, they'll read, they'll skim it. They'll right. look at the table of contents. And the magic of this is it builds credibility. It's it another log on, a, on an inferno. Yeah. And if you do it right, it's, it's going to put you ahead of everybody else. Now, what I've seen, and, and the catalyst to me writing my own book, is I got this very fancy brochure one year in the early 2000s. I paid about seven bucks a brochure. Wow. Seven bucks a brochure. And I found a couple of them in the trash can after a seminar. Oh, right? my gosh. And so I said, why am I paying this for a brochure when I could write a book a lot? You know, when you get the books printed and you self-publish yep, yep. on like CreateSpace on Amazon, yep. three or four, five bucks a book maybe. Yeah. But here's one thing about a book. I've never seen anyone throw a book away they never will i never have no. they'll give it away i see i see my used books for sale all the time on amazon which is fun for me that means somebody wrote it or yep. read it and now they're selling it to somebody else to read so yep. Yep. it's pretty fun you see them in used bookstores that kind of thing but they won't throw a book away no never do it's pretty funny i can't throw a book away i'll give it to somebody else no i've, I've got donated. entire shelves of books that I, I should throw away probably yeah. but no you're it's right funny isn't it so that's one way to build credibility what's another yeah. way well, another way is, um, and you do this a lot, I mean, probably more than anybody, another way is radio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Getting in the media in some form. Um, one of the things we teach is how to do PR, mm -hmm. how to get some PR on yourself. PR is tricky. Yep. Um, you, I think you've mastered it. I, I couldn't even begin to compete with some of the things you teach. But we help advisors get some press. We create some press for advisors. Uh, we do something called the PPI, the Personal Profile Interview, which is very powerful. It's one of the best sales things marketing things I've ever come up with. So that's that's a lot of fun where we actually publish the advisor's story. We give them reprints. Makes it look like it came right out of Forbes magazine. It's that's very nice. powerful. Yeah, it's that's really nice. nice. Um, totally compliant, too. We've had 100% compliance success with that. Do you so, ask them questions and then you write an article around the questions? Well, or the, do you... the best thing is they get to ask themselves whatever they want, and then I rewrite it <laughs> yep. because, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a better writer than most advisors right. are, and I punch it up, make it sound good, and take all the compliance dangerous language out of it, and yes. then we publish it. It's yeah. just fantastic. Compliance, usually, it's pretty much of a set of guidelines they have. You know, they change yep. every now and depend on what kind of broker deal you work with, but most of them about looking for the same things. Yep. Don't call yourself an expert. and <laughs> Don't, don't put promise money, anything. Don't promise money, yeah, right. right? That kind of thing. So be very careful. I always say just just act like you're you're you're, you're talking to a regulator when you write. If uh -huh. a regulator's sitting across, from, that's what I tell my advisors when they're in an appointment. I said just pretend you're meeting with a regulator who's undercover. That's, don't say anything you shouldn't say. I love it. I mean, it's why would you why why when they're going to see the truth anyway down the road? Right. It doesn't make any sense. No. But a lot of guys do. I mean, we get the bulletins every single week of advisors getting in trouble <sighs> by I'm, either stretching a line or they're, or they're just outright frauds. We yeah. saw that with like. Woodbridge, where people were having alternative investment to annuities and life insurance. They were putting money in a phony CD. Oh. Anytime I see that word alternative, Frank, I get scared a little bit. <laughs> Why have Jeff. an alternative, alternative when we have a fully regulated 
yeah. list of products over here, which there's, uh, there's a fit for everybody. Yeah. And if you don't have a fit for them, they're not a good client anyway. It's scary. Pick the right client. Let's look at that. Now, I, a lot of, especially in this business, when you get a lead, you're happy. You're going to do anything you can to have that lead come in. And right. You ruin credibility that way if you're, if you're bending over backwards a lot of times. Yeah, you do. You, you have to be selective. You've got to create a sense of, of exclusivity, I think, for a lot of clients. Clients don't want to work with a hungry advisor, nope. a starving advisor. You know, that's <laughs> not good. So I think in some cases, especially for newer advisors, you may have to fake it till you make it, as we say. But, but make sure the, the, the prospect knows that you're successful and that the most important thing is that you've got their best interests at heart. Yes. Okay. And I think that's certainly where the fiduciary uh, rule has come in quite a bit. I don't know why our in- you're a fiduciary. Correct. I yes. I don't know why a big chunk of our industry has fought that fiduciary thing. I, I think just, it's the best thing ever. We've been doing that since the very beginning. Yeah. Twenty seven half years. I've, I've always put the clients ahead of my yes. my needs. So uh, if you do that, you'll get more clients. Yeah. Absolutely. It distinguishes <laughs> you in a very powerful way. So that's great. Um, but yeah, d- don't, don't approach from scarcity, approach from abundance. Right. And, uh, there are plenty of prospects out there and I'll tell you something else. And this is interesting. I don't know how many wirehouse advisors listen to this. I don't want to insult anybody. <laughs> I, I come from the wirehouse yep. world. That was my background. Um, but there's a giant piece of this industry. That's not marketing. There are thousands, tens of thousands of advisors who are sitting on billions and billions of, of cash of money. And they're not marketing or communicating to their clients. The independent advisor is marketing and has the ability to do that. This is the golden age of the independent financial professional. Yeah. And so if you can be assertive and aggressive in the service of saving lives, you can save a heck of a lot of lives right now. So why aren't they doing that? Well, I think I think a lot are. Yeah, um, but the ones that aren't. What, what, yeah. what are they? What's their reason? Complacency. Uh, complacency. I mean, ten-year yeah. bull market. I yeah. mean, if, if you're not happy now, well, you've been screwing up. Okay? But this is the best time to talk to somebody about making sure you don't give back what you already got. Take yeah, that that's you couldn't have said that better. I mean, I, this is the time to take some chips off the yeah. table. I mean, I I've been around a lot. We've both been around a long time. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I don't ride anything nope. to the bottom, and no. and I, you need to protect people right now. And I don't care. You know, if the market goes up another 5,000 points, I don't care. Yep. These people cannot afford another 2008. You've got to protect your people right now. So mm-hmm. I'd be taking chips off the table. I always tell people you're not up until you're out because it's great to have a paper gain, but until you realize that gain, you're not up. You cannot retire on a paper no, you gain. Can't, you can't. Yeah. And so we call it advance and protect. You advance the money, now let's protect some of that money. I love it. Not all of it. Now, the, now a lot of advisors listening have the biggest prospecting base they've ever had, and it's not anyone they have to really spend any money to do. It's their current clients. That's a good point. I mean, really, when you think about it, State Farm did study years ago. You probably heard the study. They said that there are they're a lot less apt to lose a client if the client has three or more policies. Left. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. like ninety percent retention versus maybe twenty five percent retention if they have more policies on on the book. So if you have a client there that's uh, you're saving money for, like annuities or managed money or whatever, a life insurance sale, a long term care sale, those are good. Those are helping the client too. Right. So, right. I mean, the, a lot of people don't think about that. The more pieces of business that you can do for a client, the more ways you can cross-solve. Right. We used to call it cross-selling. Yeah. I call it cross-solving. Cross-solve. Okay? I like that. The more you can cross-solve, because these, these clients have multiple needs. And, and I'll t- one other thought, too. The, the more you can help a client in ways that have nothing to do with money. Yeah. You, if you can be a resource for that client for things that they need in their life, you know, client comes to you and says, Hey, I'm thinking of buying a car. I'm thinking of buying a boat. I'm thinking of doing, you know, my mother needs a nursing home. Can you help me as an advisor today? I think you've got to be versed in some of those things. You and do be able to give value in some of those. Well, ways. it's funny. You mentioned that my second book I wrote was called, uh, let me find it right here. Fine print <laughs> fiasco. What they don't want you to know when you buy, borrow and invest. 
And I talked about buying a car. I talked about long-term care. I uh, talked about reverse mortgages in there. I'm going to give you a copy of this book. You'll oh, get I love it. Now, again, this was the number two book I wrote, so the editing wasn't as good That's as it okay. is now. It's but right. it's, it's a lot better now. Thomas is laughing in there. <laughs> but, no, look at the – and I even wow. designed, I designed the cover, too. It's a magnifying glass with the big with bigger words because like, fine print really makes me mad. This is beautiful. <laughs> you are really way ahead of the curve. And look man. at my I mean, picture on the back. Look how young I was. <laughs> is that is that really you? That's me. Oh my God! Look at you, like eleven years old here. This is incredible. <laughs> That's the age progression to Coach Pete right there. I'll give you the last one. This so is uh, is this no? Is this the last one? Don't get. No, I'm gonna give you the oh, last one. That was the second one. Okay, the second one. The, you're uh, right. Let's see. So this is funny, Thomas. Thomas laughing in there, but you know, Frank, <laughs> Frank it's, it's not, that's but that's a professionally oh, okay. designed cover, and and I, I still didn't have the beard there because that was five years ago. I've got another book I'm writing right now. So you know, this is great. writing books is you got to get passionate, and exciting about it. I've, I've taken so many notes. I've got four books in process, but none of them come out yet. Thomas laughs about that because okay. I've been doing that forever. But the you got to do it. Yeah, and it's knowledge you have. Every single person listening to this podcast has the knowledge to write a book. It's true. They just need the uh, the structure. And the, the ability you got, but they just have to have the motivation, I guess. The, and a lot of people get scared about doing it, too. The, the third book I wrote was based on a, a PowerPoint that I did for a, <laughs> for a UBS. The UBS asked me to come into a big meeting for their younger advisors, and I put together this PowerPoint. I said, wait a minute, this would make a great book. And I did a book called 40 Tips for the Under 40 Advisor. Oh, I like that. And it's just you know wisdom for these, for these younger advisors who've come into the business and who think they know something. But they're kind of thrown out there, you know, and they really don't know much. And so I said, look, just absorb some of this. I learned the business from guys like Nick Murray, from guys like Don Connolly. I mean, you know, I learned a, a tremendous amount from, from people who'd been through it before. Yeah. And so, look, it was my way of giving back to these younger people. But it came from PowerPoint. But explain the – but you got passionate about it. You said, wait, this is a great book. And ex explain the excitement you had the first day the book came out, when you oh. first got it in your hands. Oh, my it's God. amazing, isn't it? Well, you know, when they deliver you've, – you, you've seen this, obviously, <laughs> 17 times. When they deliver those boxes. Yep. And it's you open it up and you go, oh my god, I created something, <laughs> you know. And and now to be able to give it to somebody, and I don't sell books. I mean, I yep. you know, I sell a few on the website, yep. but yep. mostly I give them away. Yep. And and it's fun. It's like a business card. Just, for, yeah. yeah, it's a great business card yeah, though. That's fantastic. what I love about the book. I just love. It's just a, yeah. It's it's like Christmas morning when yeah. your books come. Oh my god. One fun. picture I had when the books came, I stacked them up. I, I made them in the shape of a boat almost, and I got up, I put my <laughs> knee. I, I stacked one one stack of the books higher. I put my leg up on there and I pointed forward like Washington across the Delaware. Uh, <laughs> and you saw my coach Pete. I, did, I love it. that. that so good. <laughs> but no, it's funny. All right, now tell yeah. folks out there who are, oh, they, they want to be better, Frank. Everyone wants okay. to be better. But someone who's really serious about wanting to get better, how can they work with you to get better? Well, that's a good question. I, I have a very limited coaching capacity. I, I work with a handful of advisors. I coach in a very different way. There's no contracts. I'm, I'm hourly. I'm like a psychiatrist. Right. Okay? You come see me, you pay. Yep. You don't need me, you don't pay. I mean, so <laughs> it's kind of a different model. It's very customized. Psychologists would talk you into paying them more, though. Well, maybe. I mean, I, 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 don't, I really don't have an incentive to keep somebody on the couch. Right. I, I want you to get to make progress within three or four phone calls. Well, you get good referrals okay. that way, too, when you do somebody good, right? Maybe, yeah. yeah. And, yep. and, and frankly, I don't have the patience. If you're not doing what I suggest yeah, after like four me. or five phone calls, then, you know, I'm not the right coach Time for to you. fish or cut bait, yeah, they call it, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. So I love coaching. I think it's valuable. I think an advisor who doesn't have a coach is at a big disadvantage. Yep. I think you really do need some help. And there's so many great people. I mean, you coach people all the time. Your stuff is pretty advanced. My stuff is very customized. Because um, I've been around a while. I mean, I, yeah. I, there's a lot of ways to succeed. There's no one path to success. Doesn't it make life more fun when you can pick and choose who you're working with, though? Well, yeah. Yeah, it really does. I mean, that's Instead of having best. to take everybody. No, Throw that no, big no. net out and it's 
you watch the fishing shows when they throw the big fishing net out and they bring it up and there's all sorts of stuff in there, tin cans. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> those days are over. Yeah. So, and, and that's what we try to help advisors realize is that they don't have to be that, that, you know, they don't have to take everybody that comes through the door. And I think they realize that. The advisors I talk to are pretty selective. They're looking for targeted ways to grow their business and we teach them some pretty sophisticated strategies. So yeah, it's like, no, it's, it's, and it's more than just doing seminars and, oh, and yeah. trying to get referrals. There's, like you said, radio, TV. Yeah. See a lot of advisors doing TV. There's, there's a lot of mistakes they make when I'm watching some of those shows. <laughs> really? Have you ever watched PBS, Public Broadcast? Sure, yeah. You know, or, or Public Access Station. Oh, that's, where yeah, that's ridiculous. That's what, what some of the shows look like. They're just sitting at a desk talking for a half hour. That's not going to excite anybody, frankly. No production you know, value you of to, any you kind. To, <laughs> you know, and if you've listened to my radio show before, sure. the TV show that we're building the same way, we used to do a TV show. I didn't think it was as good, so we pulled it like seven or eight years ago. And it's oh. expensive to advertise on TV. We're going to bring it back now. But you have to entertain. Yeah. Seinfeld. Show about nothing, but people watch. That's right. Well, that's what we that's what we model our radio and TV about and, and like, because- if we don't say anything, we can't get in any trouble, number one. Right. But we get people to like us first. When they like you, then they'll then they'll come in and they'll be your biggest fans. Well, your, your radio show is very high energy. There's a yep. lot of interaction. There's mm-hmm. a lot of fun going on. And there's a lot of wisdom. I yep. mean, you know, you don't waste a lot of airtime with yep. fluff and nonsense. And a lot of guys do. Or a lot of guys, well, if you listen to some shows, it's the same show every week, even yeah. though re- they record a new show. It's like they say the same thing. We have a soundboard, and, and we're in my studio right now, so we, we talk about and and you'll see, I don't know if you saw it upstairs in my office, but I have a uh, in my waiting room. I have this big old timey gas pump. Oh yes, I saw. And that. when people come in, you they say if they haven't heard the show, they say what's that about? But if you've heard the show, you've heard that that sounder, <laughs> and they say wait, that's a financial fill up. And we talk about an income plan that gives you that refills oh, your checking account it. each and every month for all the way through retirement. Financial fill up. So, so you have all these on your yeah, iPad, right? <laughs> yeah, you right. Connected the, to the studio. Uh, you know, if we you got Kramer doing bye bye bye. We uh, yeah, you've heard that too, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, and then we have uh, like. When we talk about designing a sweet well at night account, the Swan account, that's to put the little harp there and stuff like that. So when I crack a joke, or Thomas cracks a joke, or Chuck Caton, the the yeah. voice of the Hurricanes, got the little, <laughs> <laughs> so little rim shot. I try not to overdo it, but I've got a lot of stuff here. And then around Christmas time, gold and silver, silver and gold. Everyone knows Yukon Cornelius, and that's when someone talks about they should invest all their money in silver and gold instead yeah, good of luck. which that's not going to do anything. <laughs> I've got silver bars sitting in my safe; they don't do anything for me. They're fun nope, to look at. No income. Baby. I bought a hundred ounce one just so I can show clients what a hundred ounce silver bar looks like. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's great. But I mean, it's just all right. So having fun. Yep. If you have fun, fun comes, and then fun clients come around. Client events. How important are client events? Client events are mandatory. Yep. Mandatory. And, and you know, a lot of advisors do uh, client appreciation, bring a friend. Now, there's a difference, okay? There's a big deal. If you're doing client appreciation, make it appreciation. If you're doing bring a friend, that's totally fine, but, but it's a different animal. Right, okay? right. So I think you need to do both. Um, I, I spend, I had an advisor. I managed a, a very large complex for a wirehouse. I had an advisor who spent, on average, half a million dollars a year on client appreciation wow. events. I mean, he was huge. Yeah, so bands he, and stuff. I mean, he had oh big God. venues and everything. We huh? had Beverly Wilshire Hotel for a holiday party that he spent $400,000 on. Wow. I mean, it was, but the guy was a multi-million dollar producer 25 years ago when. But know. he, but because of that, I'm sure he made money because oh. of his clients. So well, he, and he had to do it. Yeah. Because his clients expected stuff mm-hmm. like That's that. That's a problem. Were, Once you start doing yeah. something, you got to keep doing it. Yeah. Now we have events. We don't, uh, we, we encourage them to bring friends, like bring anyone you want. And, yeah. and now, now people beg to bring friends because we don't sell anything. We don't, there's no talk of money at all. We have a we have a goodie bag they leave with that has one of my books in it, and then they see us having fun, and they start saying to themselves, "Well, you know, the people that aren't clients, the friends, say, well, my advisor doesn't do this,' and then that's all right. of a sudden they're coming in.' So yeah, we do right. a. When I first started, 
someone told me I was crazy for not at least having a, a 15 minute speech or whatever like that, but yeah. I'm not going to do that. We, we do a total, our parties are real parties. Thomas, are you, is your mic live? Absolutely. Yeah. Do, what do we, we don't, we don't sell anything at our, at, no, we don't No. No, Thomas is our, our production guy. So he's up okay. there with the camera taking pictures and all that kind of stuff. And no, the, but the goal is to smile on, on the visitor's face. It really yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you're creating a sense of community. You're, you're totally differentiating yourself from every other advisor. You're yep. having fun. It's a warmth. Mm-hmm. It's a family. It's really, it's, it's a fantastic way to do it. Now we're lucky enough most advisors aren't but we have you saw i have a 3100 square foot meeting room upstairs in my office and the the beauty of that is when you get people who aren't clients coming to the party they see this big office we have twenty five thousand square feet total and they get excited about that but most advisors don't where would you advise they do their events you know you've got to find a nice venue i think a lot of you have access to country clubs you have access to hotels you've got access to nice restaurants i mean Mm -hmm. it can be that simple yep it could be a chef's table dinner for 10 people it doesn't have to be overblown or overdone but you know the venues are unlimited I like creativity. I like theater events. You could rent out a theater. You could show a movie. You know, it's the holidays, okay? Why not rent out a theater and show a Christmas movie for the kids? Yep. Uh, the, 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 the opportunities are unlimited. You have to think creatively, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. <laughs> you know, it's a fantastic investment. So. Back in the year 2005, I rented a old-timey cinema in Graham, North Carolina. Okay. And they, they uh, for 10 bucks. They played my. I had a movie that I did with Mark Matson, who was a big guy in uh, the money management world back then. Oh yeah, yeah, Matson. Uh, it was about investor. What they don't tell you when you're investing, kind of thing. And and they gave me the uh, the, the use of the movie theater. Everyone had unlimited popcorn. Right. They gave one piece of candy, like one package of candy, yeah. and a drink for ten bucks. Ah. Uh. And we picked up so much, so so much good response and so many clients from that event it was amazing that's you know, when I was, you know i was on a little radio station in graham in burlington and we advertised that event we got all sorts of people from burlington and graham coming so you know you never know right you got to be creative creative the movie thing is cool i've seen guys do like they they get the movie for it cover but the same day it comes out they rent one of the theaters and yes. they pay you have to be you have to make sure that they know that you're paying for it you know you have to you have to yes. do a little bit of marketing there which is a good idea because it's a relaxing event and they're not being hammered that's right yeah i used to do events during the holidays i used to do uh, shopping People are sick of shopping, so I would have educational events. But you know, give yourself the greatest gift for the holidays: financial peace of mind. And people say, "Oh, you can't do workshops during the holidays." No, you can, and they're fantastic. You yeah. know, so uh, it's creativity. It's a little bit of thinking outside the box, and it's having fun. So, if you do events, that's a good that's a good uh, question, a good topic to talk about as we wrap up here. We're yeah, doing sure. events towards holidays, and I hear a lot of advisors say. You know, no one does them then, I'm not going to do it either. But I say, if no one's doing it, then I want to do it because they're going to get a lot less invitations. It's going to yep. be a lot easier for you to get the venue, except for you're battling around Christmas. You're battling with company Christmas parties in those places. But there's there's a lot more chance to get a good client in a time where not everyone else is hitting them. Well, and that's absolutely true. And the other thing is people do not stop thinking about their money oh, well, over the holidays. Well, especially over the holidays, yeah, you probably think about more about Exactly. Yep. And, and, and the summer. You know, mm-hmm. I've heard for decades, I've heard, oh, I don't do workshops in the summer. Well, you know what? You're missing a fantastic opportunity. Yep. People are thinking about their money all the time. And you can be very valuable, and, and nobody else is marketing. I want to, you know, Sun Tzu said, attack when the enemy is weakest. Yep. Okay? When nobody is marketing, I want to market. Art of war. Yeah, exactly. So- uh, that's what I like about media is our radio show. We don't stop radio. Radio goes every single week. That's every right. single weekend it's on, and then every single weekday we have segments that are running. So, like, they, they hear me on sports radio, on rock and roll, on talk radio. They hear me everywhere during the week. Then they hear my show on music stations and talk stations. Yeah. So, and again, if they only heard your show on a weekend, they might not know who you are. But when they when they hear your voice on a weekend, if they've heard it all week, they say, God, this guy has a show. Let me listen to it. So it's yeah. about familiarity. And, and once you get familiar with somebody, you're not afraid of them anymore. No, it's beautiful. Now, yeah. are you syndicated? Yep. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's great. Coast to coast. Ah. 
Yeah. So, but we're always looking for more and financialsafari.com. So people can go to find out about that financialsafari.com. We also, I said there was a show that used to be on. It's not on anymore called the mutual fund show. Do you ever listen to the mutual fund show? No. It's all about mutual funds. Okay. Of course, nobody likes mutual funds anymore. So what happened to the mutual fund show? It went away. Hey, mutual funds are coming back. Yeah. You know, so I, what I did though, Frank, you'll like this. I said, well, people loved it. That guy who Adam Bold, his name was, he made millions. He sold out, made millions because of the show. I said, let me form a show that people, everyone has one of. If, if you have something, you listen. Right. Like if I do a show on Ford cars, all the Ford car people listen. Right. But this is called America's 401k show. Uh-huh. Who has a 401k? Everybody. Yeah, so that's why we do it. <laughs> Thomas, you like that, don't you? See, yeah. You see on the wall right there is a sounder. That's the actual sound file of our very first show. America's 401k show came out October 1, 2017. If uh-huh. aliens would come to the world in you know well whenever tomorrow or, or 500 years from now when they pick that up and they get a sound reader they hear coach b they can play that oh my god that's genius i love so, it and then the, then the financial safari uh may 12th 2007 so those are those are the first show the first shows we ran in both of those that's beautiful so it's pretty cool to, to memorialize it right so that's great and so and when when we bring clients in or prospects they see that they know we've been here a while we're not going anywhere and they hear you that's that's the magic of it is and this is really good for people if you have clients. Like you, you set them up, you take them on as a client, then you disappear and don't contact them anymore. Yeah, right? great. So yeah. this way, we do contact them all the time, but they can hear us every single week on the radio so that we, they know we're still here because clients think you have their money. Yeah. We don't have their money. We we've, we've help them manage it. We're like a traffic cop. We point where it goes. We don't touch it, but they think you have it. Sure. So you need to let them know that you're still here and you're not going anywhere. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Well, Any he, final points of wisdom? No, I got to tell you. First, I, I want to say how impressed I am with everything I've seen here today. I, I have never seen another advisor uh, with a setup like yours and the thoughtfulness that's gone into this plan. I mean, oh, yeah. you have a system here that I've never seen anywhere <laughs> in my 36 years in the business. So, congratulations. I appreciate it, Frank. Um, and and the only the last word I would give advisors is more people need you now than ever before in the history of our planet. So, be as bold as you can not to sell but to save lives. And uh, last thought, assertiveness and aggressiveness in the service of selling a product is obnoxious. Assertiveness and aggressiveness in the service of saving a family's life is heroic. There's a big difference. You're a hero, not a salesperson. So let us help you. Some people have to be nudged. They have to be bugged, and it's for their own benefit. Yeah. You know, people say no, it's automatic no. If you get a no, who cares? Everyone's getting no. But getting five no's before you give up, very important, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Now, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what do they do? Uh, MaselliGroup.com, M-A-S-E-L-L-I, group.com, or uh, you can call me. I'm right here in Raleigh. It's 919-329-2723. And, uh, you know, I help. I travel the country. I'm a moving target, as you know. We, we run into each other in conferences all the time. But, uh, yeah, just reach out. Let me help. And um, I've got a lot of stuff for free on my website, which is great. And I've got the books and CDs and video and Oh, he's a fantastic guy, folks. You know, the funny thing, Frank, we've known each other for a long, long time. Long See time. each other all over the country. Live 15 minutes apart. I know. Never saw each other here. <laughs> well, let's not, let's not let that happen again. This is a lot of fun for me. It's so fun, isn't it? Yeah, a yeah. lot of fun. Folks, Thank make you. it a fun business. And when this business is fun, Frank, it's fun. Yeah. yeah, it's the best in the world. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you. This is great. Again, folks, this is the, this is the Money Masters show, and that's Mr. Frank Maselli. You should call him. 